in this episode of Influencers, venture capitalist and domain money CEO, Adam Dell. You can invest today in the banking system of tomorrow. Uh, and that's a very exciting investment opportunity for retail investors. If you are solving a fundamental problem uh, with a technology solution that, that appeals to the end customer, uh, that's a pretty good formula. You know, I've been very fortunate to have a front row seat to one of the great entrepreneurial uh, success stories in our country's history and couldn't be you know, more proud of, of my brother and what he's done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer, and welcome to our guest, Adam Dell, venture capitalist and the founder and CEO of a new trading platform, Domain Money. Adam, great to see you. Good to see you, Andy. Thanks for having me. I want to ask you all about Domain Money, but first of all, I've got to ask you about the crazy markets this year, both in crypto and in equities. What the heck is going on? Well, market volatility is one of the things that is uh, inherent in our, in our market, right? Um, whenever you have such a large inflow of capital into a discrete number of assets, you're going to have significant swings. Uh, as Warren Buffett likes to say, the market is a voting machine in the short term and a weighing machine in the long term. Uh, and as I look at the long-term trends of some of the uh, free cash flow uh, sources that are being uh, spit out of uh, some of the larger tech names, uh, I'm quite bullish on uh, their prospects going forward. And as it relates to cryptocurrencies, where we're focused, um, I look at the fundamental underlying components of uh, blockchain technologies and their contribution to our financial markets, less from a speculative standpoint and more from a core market function, a core financial function. Uh, if you look at, say, example, uh, say for example, Visa. Visa moved about $10 trillion worth of transaction volume around the planet last year. Last year, Ethereum alone moved 11 trillion. And so that just gives you a sense of the scale of the impact of these technologies and what, what impact they will have on our broader economy. I'll give you another example, um, money markets. Uh, a few years ago, the number of dollars involved in DeFi money market protocols was less than a billion. Uh, that's a 2018 stat. Uh, this year, it's over 200 billion. And so the growth of the financial utility of these underlying technologies is undeniable. And as they become more widely adopted in commercial use cases, again, unrelated to speculation, I think you're going to see uh, a significant growth uh, in real revenue and real cash flow coming out of these technologies. Yeah, I hear you. And I want to ask you more about those technologies. But just sort of, again, back to the macro environment, because say, first of all, with the tech stocks, you know, they've just been such winners in so many ways in our economy, but the driver here right now is higher interest rates. Does that concern you? Well, I mean, you know, uh, interest rates have been so low for so long that there's a whole uh, generation of investors 
uh, out there and market analysts who believe that this is the norm. And obviously on a historical basis, uh, interest rates uh, don't stay this low. And so I think, you know, given, uh, you know, the, the true cost of capital uh, and the fiscal responsibility that is incumbent upon uh, responsible central banks to employ, uh, interest rates inevitably need to go up over the long term. And with regard to cryptocurrencies, blockchain aside, people are talking about Bitcoin and they sort of positioned it, Bitcoin and Ethereum, other cryptocurrencies as either a hedge or not correlated to equities. But right now it looks like those currencies are correlated to equities. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think that is a reflection of the, um, the maturity that the crypto markets are uh, going through. Uh, you know, these assets are now more broadly held across a larger institutional base. They're now held across a larger retail base. And so downward pressure in the macro market uh, invariably will impact um, uh, crypto as well. All right, let's switch over to domain money. Um, your new company, is it pretty new? And, and what is it? How old is it? So we launched today. Oh, that's uh, new. January 25th. Uh, so we have thousands of customers on the platform today. Um, it is a um, robust, sophisticated investment solution for both stocks and crypto. Uh, we provide a number of differentiated features that we think distinguish us in the market. Chief among them is our signal product, which goes really deep down the data rabbit hole around the underlying fundamentals associated with these uh, crypto assets. Um, I'll give you a few examples. We uh, analyze the uh, Twitter firehose as well as other social channels, and we provide a proprietary social sentiment score where we basically provide positive, neutral, negative ratings on the social sentiment of underlying assets. Uh, another thing we do is we track the flow of funds on exchanges. So tracking the on-chain and off-chain activity of underlying crypto assets, which is indicative of uh, sentiment uh, and price volatility. A third thing we do is we track project health. We look at the overall uh, quality of the management team, uh, the number of GitHub submissions, and we present all of these insights to retail investors in a very consumable and easy to understand way. Um, so those are some of the things that we are doing at Domain that are unique. Yeah, good. You sort of uh, preempted my next question, which is, you know, what makes it singular and differentiated? But but how did you come up with these um, features, if you will, Adam? Did you back test and did you work with um, product and engineering people, but also people in the DeFi space? Did you survey uh, customers and ask them what they needed? How did you arrive at this? Yeah, that's a great question. So we did over 10,000 consumer interviews uh, mm -hmm. where we sought to distill out what information uh, sophisticated investors are looking for around these assets. And what is remarkable to me is that among the competitive set, there really is a dearth of data around the underlying assets available on other platforms. And so that's one of the things that we endeavored to, to improve upon with domain money. 
Another vector that we discovered is that there are a number of investors out there who, you know, they, I understand Apple, I understand Disney, I understand GE, I understand Tesla. I don't really understand Ethereum. Uh, I don't interact with it on a daily basis. It's not part of my daily routine. And so it's hard for me to get my head around it. And so in response to that, we came up with a set of um, actively managed strategies where we curate a bucket of assets for investors that represent different levels of uh, investment uh, concentration between both stocks and crypto. And so if you're, if you're an investor out there and you're looking for a solution that um, gives you access to the broader asset class of cryptocurrencies, but you aren't being asked to pick the individual names, we have a set of strategies that uh, offer that to customers. One of the real challenges of having a digital business, Adam, of course, is discoverability. And so I'm wondering how you're looking to get the word out there because I hear that in space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah. Well, I haven't been to space, so I can't verify that, yeah. but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we are uh, doing a number of things to uh, try to make uh, you know, people aware of our, our product, including uh, what I'm doing right now. Uh, we have a number of influencers and affiliate programs. We have a referral program. We have a whole content strategy. I'm really pleased uh, at the team we've put together uh, at Domain Money. Uh, we hired uh, uh, an individual named uh, Brad Olson, who was the head of content for Seeking Alpha, uh, very accomplished and thoughtful individual. Um, and it's our ambition to be a voice of authority around these investment asset classes. Uh, and, and to educate consumers about, uh, you know, what these underlying technologies are, uh, rather than uh, just uh, be driven by momentum uh, and means. Are you affiliated with any other uh, financial services companies, be they DeFi or legacy? Well, we've done a lot to, to, to build ourselves into the ecosystem of, of the, the sort of um, original crypto crowd, if you will. So, Chris Giancarlo, who was, you know, referred to as Crypto Dad, and Doe Kwan, one of the founders of, of Terra, uh, is on our advisory board. Michael Arrington is one of our investors and advisors. We've really uh, tried to build an ecosystem of partners and advisors that inform our thinking about this, this, these technologies. Michael Arrington. Wow. There you go. Um, how did you get into crypto, Adam? Yeah, it's an interesting story. I was deep in the bowels of our financial system, working on products like Marcus Invest, Marcus Savings, Marcus Checking, which as many of your viewers will know, is uh, Goldman Sachs' consumer-facing bank. I was head of product there and a partner at the firm. And really, as I dug into our ACH networks, I understood them at a theoretical level, but I never really understood them at an iron level. And what I mean by you know that is, really where the, the, the sort of the dollars meet the, the, the underlying plumbing. And I was amazed at how inefficient our ACH networks are. Uh, there are about 98 ACH networks globally. On average, it takes two days and costs $2 to consummate a transaction on, over ACH. And that strikes me as unbelievable. And as I dug into the capabilities of some of the blockchain technologies, uh, there are solutions out there that can accomplish the same task in two seconds for a 40th of a penny. And by the way, they can do so more securely, instantly, and globally. 
And so I am intrigued by the delta between our legacy ACH systems and the promise of uh, blockchains to replace that system. And that's really what led me down this path of inquiry around cryptocurrencies and the investment opportunities it represented to consumers. You know, it used to be, as you well know, Andy, that uh, if a new technology came along, you either needed to be a venture capitalist or you know, wait for one of these companies to go public before you could participate in investing uh, in these new technologies. That's not the case here. Uh, you can invest today in the banking system of tomorrow. Uh, and that's a very exciting investment opportunity for retail investors. And I thought that there was a gap in the market between uh, what was available uh, and, 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 and what we thought, what we think investors are looking for. All right, so you came to it honestly is what it sounds like, right? Yeah. Or organically is probably the better adverb yeah. there. Um, so tell us about the business model of domain. How does it work? How do you monetize? Yeah, well, we, we charge a uh, transaction fee for trading for uh, crypto, no transaction fees related to equities. We charge a 1% annual fee on our strategies. Uh, and so that's how we make money. Um, do you uh, sell order flow? We currently don't sell order flow, no. What's your take on that? Well, if you look at the uh, quality of retail execution from some of the platforms that do uh, get paid for payment for order flow, it actually fares pretty well when you compare it to, to other retail platforms. And so the end retail investor isn't necessarily uh, being hurt by payment for order flow, um, but it's something we're sensitive to. Right, right. Um, getting back to the model, uh, do you have a timeline to be profitable, a timeline to go public? What are, what are your intentions here, sir? Well, you know, we're very focused on every customer and every experience that customer has on our platform. You know, we believe that um, there really is not a robust, sophisticated investment platform for both stocks and crypto. Um, you know, we think there are a lot of toys out in the market that are very light and easy to play with, but they really don't serve the needs of serious investors who really want to make crypto a more meaningful part of their portfolio. And we have a very long-term view of our brand and our brand promise, which is to focus on the well-being of our customers, to help them build their wealth, uh, and establish a brand promise that delivers. What about the timing uh, of this all, Adam? I mean, with the Fed you know, probably raising rates a number of times this year. We were in this incredible bull market, particularly during COVID, where there was all those stimulus checks coming into people's pockets, and then they were going out to broker-dealers and spending it. Um, are you heading into uh, a, a sort of a, a wind coming in your face? Yeah, well, I mean, short-term uh, uh, market swings are not really the thing that we pay a lot of attention to. We spend them much more of our focus on the long-term uh, trajectory of these assets. Um, and as I mentioned, um, you know, there are some incredibly powerful forces that are driving um, real cash flow out of a number of the investment uh, uh, projects, excuse me, the, the investment classes that we're looking at, particularly as it relates to um, DeFi protocols. And so um, we're very encouraged by the underlying uh, trends that we see. You know, a lot of people look at the price of Bitcoin or the price of any given crypto asset over the last couple of weeks and say, gee, this doesn't look really good. 
I look at something very different, which is that, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, there was virtually no uh, transaction volume moving around the world to empower NFT transactions. Last year, it was 23 billion, okay? Uh, less, le a few years ago, less than a billion in DeFi volume. Last year, 200 billion. Um, you know, 11 trillion in transaction volume on Ethereum. Uh, these are profound trends that are not going away just because of the short-term volatility in, in the financial markets. And speaking of those profound trends, Adam, and you mentioned you worked at Goldman, you mentioned Visa. What is your take on these legacy institutions? Are they going to get consumed by the, these trends? Or are they going to co-opt them? Um, everyone always talk, oh, Visa and MasterCard are dead because of electronic payments. And of course, they benefited like crazy. But now yeah. there are questions about those companies, for instance. Yeah. Well, we've uh, been honored that we were selected by MasterCard to be part of their uh, uh, Smart Path program. Um, you know, what I've seen from the Visa and the MasterCards of the world is that they've really wrapped their tentacles around anything and everything related to blockchain technologies because they, like many smart investors, see the opportunity set and what it can mean for improving uh, the efficiency of our banking plumbing. The bigger uh, uh, story, though, is what these technologies will do to uh, allow consumers to both borrow and lend on their assets. Uh, that game is going to change profoundly because of blockchains and represents for consumers a real opportunity to uh, make real yield on their assets or borrow at a much more market-driven rate rather than one available from their credit card or from their personal loan provider. Wait, explain to us how that would work, Adam. Well, if you look on a number of the DeFi marketplaces where you can borrow and lend, you see rates that are much lower than what you would get from a credit card or from a personal loan uh, provider out there in the market. But aren't those, aren't those companies just trying to garner market share? Isn't that a money-losing proposition? Or is the margin on crypto so much lower so that it is still profitable? Well, it's a true marketplace where rates are a function of what someone's willing to pay rather than you know, a fair bit of regulatory constraints and controls that, that prevent true market rates from being accessible to anyone. You know, the average consumer can't access a money market in the same way that an institutional investor can. And crypto uh, represents an opportunity for those markets to be opened up to anyone. Uh, that was the metaphor I was looking for. That's great. Okay. And speaking of regulation, though, you provided me with a nice segue. The Biden administration is reportedly looking, uh, is reportedly preparing, I should say, an executive order for release coming up soon that will outline a comprehensive government strategy on crypto. Uh, is it a good idea for, for the White House to get directly involved here? Well, we welcome and invite regulation into this industry because it's an important step in its maturity. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I point people to the fact that, you know, China's efforts to try to uh, clamp down on this activity uh, had, you know, virtually no impact on the overall uh, value of the market uh, or trading activity for that matter. Um, and it just shows you that uh, information wants to be free and markets want to be free. And so I think it's incumbent upon the United States as a leader uh, in financial systems and in financial markets to think 
think through the policy decisions around what is a stable digital currency, uh, how do we uh, bring this nascent market into uh, mainstream financial functions while at the same time protecting investors from the things uh, that are scary and, and may not be uh, as above board about this industry. And obviously in any new industry, those, those, um, those players emerge. You know, Andy, you, you and I remember the early dot-com uh, period where there were hundreds of companies, many going public without a clear business model or, or any line of sight to positive cash flow. And yet, despite all of uh, that noise, an enormously valuable set of um, companies emerged that redefined the very fabric of our economy. And the same dynamic will exist uh, with, with blockchains and crypto. We're in the middle of a Cambrian explosion of diverse projects and initiatives that are being tackled by engineers using these technologies. And some subset of those will become the very building blocks of the, the next generation of our banking system. Would regulation impact domain money? We've worked hard to ensure that we are following the letter of the law as it relates to regulation because we want to represent uh, this industry as it matures, rather than being part of, uh, you know, the fringes of the wild west of the industry. Right. My understanding, Adam, is that you said, quote, the notion that individuals are rational actors is a false one. They are emotional animals and they make financial decisions based on emotion. So <laughs> is that true? Okay, good. Glad we got that right. Do trading platforms like yours, though, then have an obligation to protect users from themselves? Well, you know, I believe it's our obligation to inform the consumer and provide them with as much information as we can to educate them about making uh, rational investment choices. Um, you know, we really stress on our platform, education, transparency, and time-tested investment strategies. So we talk a lot about dollar cost averaging. We talk a lot about portfolio theory. We talk about a lot about market fundamentals. Uh, what is the market size of this technology? What is the product market fit? What is the management team? What is the business model? And what is the viability of that business model over time? Rather than uh, you know, things that are meme and momentum driven. And so um, while I can't protect, you know, uh, individuals from making bad decisions, I can help inform them. Uh, and so our goal is to, is to achieve that for investors. I wanna ask you about um, wealth inequality and financial services, because of course the wealthiest Americans still own the vast majority of equities. And it's probably true about crypto, although I, I'm not really informed, I'm just guessing, maybe you know the answer to that as well. How do we address that? Is that anything that concerns you, Adam? Well, the, the, the most interesting opportunity for blockchain technologies is opening up of markets to a broader set of our members of society that don't have fair access to a, a financial relationship uh, that allows them to live their lives. Uh, borrowing money, earning interest on deposits, um, those uh, core components of our financial system are available to people who have bank accounts, uh, who have uh, credit scores, um, and blockchains operate differently. 
They don't require there to be trust between the two parties to a transaction. And so they, as I mentioned earlier, represent an opportunity to open up those markets to a broader segment of our society and to make available to uh, individuals who uh, ha have fewer dollars um, a fairer interest rate, uh, a real yield on their savings, uh, which they might not otherwise have access to. I mean, if you're uh, a merchant in Taiwan and you have savings, how do you get yield on those savings? If you're uh, a, a doctor in Nebraska and you have savings in your bank account, they're paying you 0.06%. That's not a market rate uh, in terms of interest on your money. And blockchains represent an opportunity to open those up to fair market rates and real market rates for, for each one of those individuals. But does that mean bad things for the legacy banks? I, I believe that the legacy banks are smart enough to acquire and partner uh, and evolve their business models over time uh, to embrace the changing nature of um, how financial entities make money. You know, if you look at banking over the last 10, 15 years, uh, it's, it's, been, it's very clear what's happened. With the introduction of Dodd-Frank and other regulation, you know, interest rate competition has been introduced into the market. And so the revenue that banks have made from interest has basically been cut in half. In response, what they've done is they've basically doubled their fees. And so they nickel and dime the consumer on these little things that you know, nobody pays attention to, but add up over time. Eventually that, that game is gonna run out and, and true market rates, what can you borrow for at what rate? What can you earn on your deposits at what rate? Those will be made available uh, to consumers without the required uh, uh, on-ramp associated with you know, establishing a bank account. Uh, right. You will be able to access those rates through um, uh, DeFi protocols uh, powered by blockchain technology. As we wrap things up here, I got to ask you some personal questions. And of course, that means I got to ask you about Michael, your okay. older brother, Michael Dell, CEO of, of Dell. What was it like growing up with Michael? And what, what about it do you think contributed to the success of both of you guys, your household? Well, my, my mom used to like to say that uh, she had three boys and she left out food for two. Um, you know, Michael was uh, always a young man in a hurry. Uh, he was always tinkering with something, doing something, working on something. And uh, he was pretty good at figuring things out. Uh, and so, you know, I've been very fortunate to have a front row seat to one of the great entrepreneurial uh, success stories in our country's history and couldn't be you know, more proud of, of my brother and what he's done. Right, okay, and so are you still working with him? I mean, you're in touch with him, you guys talk. What's your yeah, relationship like today? We talk a lot and uh, you know, I, I just saw him and uh, he's doing well and working hard and, and enjoying his role as the CEO of Dell. Yeah, and it's just watching that kind of come and not go, but it's sort of had these Different chapters, I guess, is how you characterize it, right? Yep. All right. And so you've now founded a, a bunch of successful companies um, yourself, Adam, and you've sold some to different entities. What have you learned and what are some mistakes you've made? What are some things you've learned along the way? Yeah. Um, well, you know, one is that if you are solving a fundamental problem, 
uh, with a technology solution that, that appeals to the end customer, uh, that's a pretty good formula. And so I've tried to focus on, on uh, finding uh, market problems and, and solving them with technology. The second, and this won't be any, any deep insight, but it's all about the team and the quality of the people around uh, the table trying to solve the problem you're trying to solve. Um, and so I really focus on that. I'm very proud of the, the team we've put together at Domain Money. Um, about 25 of my former colleagues from Goldman Sachs chose to join me in this new adventure. And in addition to those folks, we've hired uh, Brad Olson, who was the head of uh, content for Seeking Alpha, um, yeah. uh, the head of trade ops from Kenner Fitzgerald. We hired um, a COO who ran the, Sofi, the crypto business for SoFi. We've established a really solid team uh, that is very focused on our mission, uh, which is to build our customers' wealth. Do you have a metaverse part of it or no? Well, we will bring additional assets onto the platform over time. Uh, I think you'll see us getting into the NFT space uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, and so uh, customers can look forward to that uh, in the coming months. All right, let me know when you get the metaverse thing down. Okay, I'll let you know. Headset and go into domain money. Um, final question, Adam, how do you see using your influence on this world? Well, I don't know how much influence I have other than um, I like building things. I like catalyzing teams around specific objectives and goals and trying to motivate uh, and set direction there. Um, it is very fun uh, for me to build uh, things. I, I genuinely enjoy it. I get a real uh, rush out of uh, creating something and then having uh, people use it. Uh, and so I'm very focused on uh, making sure that we deliver the best investment platform experience uh, in the market. Um, you know, I remember when uh, Goldman was working on the Apple card and there was chatter uh, among the uh, industry and even within the halls of Goldman Sachs, what does the world need another credit card for? And if you've ever used the Apple card, it's really a delightful, unique experience. And I think the same opportunity exists in investment platforms where there are real improvements that can be made in the customer experience, the customer support, the, the education process, the, the journey that we take customers down as we help them try to make better investment decisions. And so I'm very focused on that as well as uh, the rest of the team. Adam Dell, VC and founder and CEO of Domain Money. Thanks so much for your time. Andy, thanks for having me. You've been watching Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Influencers. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Yahoo Finance on Twitter at Yahoo Finance and at Serwer.